Hey there, this is Therese Skelly, and I am so excited that you are going to be listening to an episode of the Fiercely Brilliant Podcast. Do you like those two words? Fiercely Brilliant. My hypothesis is that you are here for a reason. We all are. Our souls have led us on journeys that have very often taken some twists and turns, and sometimes it's not pretty. Sometimes there's struggle, and there's loss, and there's challenge, and in the middle of that, there's always the way out. And it's those times that often lead us into our great life and work. So you're going to hear stories in these episodes of myself and other beautiful people that share the journey. They share how they got to the place where they're standing, working in their brilliance and being the powerful leaders that they are. So stay tuned and enjoy this episode. Hey, this is Therese with another episode of the Fiercely Brilliant Podcast, and oh, you're in for a treat today with my guest. You're going to love this woman. So I first met Candy Brown. We are both members of the Evolutionary Business Council, and so I've been getting to know Candy for this last year, and bam, women, just strap on because we're going. So um, Candy, I'm so glad you're here. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Oh, thank you so much, Therese. You know, I have, um, I've loved getting to know you over the last year, like really well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, as one powerhouse to another, definitely. <laughs> I am so excited to play with you today. Thank you. That is fabulous. Okay. So what I always like to do is just basically say, you know, to the guests, like, tell us, tell us what you do and what you love about your work. Yeah, um, I do a lot of things. So sometimes it's what don't I do. But no, my whole <laughs> function is really working with what I like to say, the three E's of leadership. It's emerging leaders, established leaders, and expanding leaders. It's those Mm -hmm. leaders that have influence over teams, community, culture, organizations, where they really believe in a one-to-many model. They believe that not only are they growing themselves as leaders, they're trying to grow others as leaders as well. And so it's the space of how do we lead from love with love? How do we feed the soul of business? And how do we grow leaders? Mm-hmm. who know how to show up and demonstrate that as part of their work. So that's the crux of what I do. Yeah. How I do that's a lot of different ways. Right, right. I know you do trainings and corporate and coaching and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, oh. you are, you are, you are <laughs> a busy woman. Okay, so how did you get started in that? Was, is this, were you in a corporate position and you moved it? Like, tell me the kind of the trajectory. Yeah, um, I actually started my career out as a mechanical engineer. So I am oh one of the few female mechanical engineers that was uh, out and about, what, 30 years ago at this point. Uh-huh. And so I have 20 years in corporate. I played with a lot of the Fortune 100 companies. And on the outside, I had a lot of what you would say, I was successful by everybody else's measure. I was right. um, a high performer, type A++ personality. Mm-hmm. Um, I was climbing rapidly in corporate, had a lot of different. I moved out of engineering right away, moved into sales capacity, mm-hmm. and then just started to really take on some very advanced leadership positions in my corporate um, 20 years that I was in corporate. And what was interesting is I was in a space where from everybody's perspective, I was succeeding. I was kicking butt. I was taking names and I was completely lost and beyond burnout in such a way that I ended up in the hospital at 35 thinking I was having a heart attack. And so um, it was a massive wake up call for me um, when I realized that I wasn't having a heart attack, but ended up manifesting a mass inside my chest because of the stress and the anxiety. I was working 80 to 100 hours a week every week. And I'm not exaggerating. I'm legitimately was working that amount of time. I joke that I used to sleep with my crackberry. If you remember the blackberries back (laughs) in the day, it literally had a pillow on my bed. 
Mm-hmm. And um, I was so in a reactionary, high stress, very overwhelmed, mm-hmm. deeply burnt out to the point where I was like past the fumes and the black abyss of mm-hmm. that it was such a wake up call for me. And when I left the company I was at at that time and shifted, I had a, a leader be, with who was my leader who opened me up in such an amazing way. I remember her saying, Candy, you're a tremendous leader. If you would let people see your vulnerability, you would be more impactful and influential. Well, my career in Fortune 100 was not about vulnerability. Right, absolutely. And so once I started to do that and could see, and I took over the whole development of our team and our department mm-hmm. and our function and had some just really high-performing teams in that capacity, when she left and I then had a micromanaging leader uh-huh. above her who was my leader, mm-hmm. it, I knew it was time to go. And so I made a transition about seven and a half years ago to leave corporate to bring... I saw the trainers, the consultants, the people they brought in, and I'm like, mm, I have a message that's bigger than that or as big as that yeah. or whatever. They don't hear me when I'm here. I mm, guess I gotta got to go it. out. The minute right. I left, I became an expert. And it was like, now I was a, somebody they want, I, they bring in as a consultant. And it just, it Isn't blows my mind how so many organizations have gold mm-hmm. in their organization and they don't, see it. they don't know how to mine it from within. Okay, so let's just define the term leader because years and years ago, like 15 years ago, when I started this coaching world, I thought leader was tantamount to manager. I like, because, you know, I I was a solo business owner. I didn't understand leadership as more of an individual thing. So let's talk about what you mean by that because I, 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 you know, it seems like this episode, we're going to help people tap into that stuff in themselves. So let's define what we're talking about. Well, and I love that you asked that question because I do think a lot of people, I, I, I think we get into this very um, ritualized, um, very habitual, very numb space where we use business buzzwords that people just nod and go, yep, I got it. And we don't take time to redefine or really assess, is that what we mean when we say that? And I think leadership is one of those words. Because I grew up in the era where, you know, I was told constantly, leaders are either born or made. You're either born a natural leader or you're made into a leader based on these things and you have a title and you manage people and it looks like this. And there's always been something about that that I've struggled with. Mm -hmm. And so I, for me, and how I teach leadership, something had to change because I wasn't comfortable with there being this cop-out, this space that people could come back and say, well, I wasn't born a leader. Right. No one one gave me permission to be a leader. That I'm like, that doesn't seem right to me. (laughs) And when I started to think about leadership, I started to think about we all have an innate sense of being and our own gifts and our own skills. And, and we have our own unique, and I call it this little triangle of passion, experience, and expertise that we bring to the table. That's our unique voice print, our unique thumbprint. It's our unique unicornness that no one else, even if someone else sounds the same, no one can do it the way we can do it. So to think that I got to wait for someone to give me permission or to give me a title or to tell me that I, now I'm leading people or I should say managing people, which that's a whole nother thing. Managing yeah, people, yeah. it's not even possible. You manage projects and systems, leading right. people. Yeah. Um, but that being said, when they, it was like, okay, you're either born a leader. And people would always say, Candy, you're a natural born leader. I'm like, yes, there's skill sets I have that have been the societal norm of what leaders look like. They're articulate. They're outspoken. They're the, and there's things I work on every day mm-hmm. that are my gifts, my skills, because when I look at leadership, I define it as a function of three things. Okay. It's a function of how you choose to show up. Mm-hmm. It's a function of how you choose to serve others. Mm-hmm. And it's a function of how you choose 
to take personal responsibility inside those two spaces. So what, the operative word is choose. I was going to say, and what you're, I'm not hearing, you're an executive, you're in a company, you have a title, you have X amount. Of, so that means like, wait, drum roll, everybody could be a leader or anybody could be a leader. And that's yeah. everybody's opportunity. Yeah. Everybody's responsibility. Yeah. And team sport. And how many people have been in organizations where I don't care what that person's title was, they were not leading. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I love my favorite thing is when people are like, well, he's leading from fear. That's not possible. You can't, <laughs> leadership does not come from fear. Leadership <laughs> right. comes from a place that have service and love and abundance for mm -hmm. others. When you're leading from fear, you're micromanaging. Mm -hmm. That's not leading. Insecurities. It's not leading. And so it's disrupting. So what you ask what I do, I disrupt that very definition of leadership Ooh. so that people stop copping out and not showing up in that space. Because we each have an ability to lead based on, and leadership sometimes means taking a backseat and following as well. Mm. So what if, you know, I always go to the objections. So I listen for what people are going to, you know, they're hearing this, the little gremlins that are saying, but I'm... I don't have enough. I'm not old enough. I'm, I'm, I've never done it before. What's mine to do? I don't know how. How do you, if somebody is like, you know, right now we're living in crazy times, crazy fucking times. And there's a lot of people feeling very powerless. Like I want to do something, but I'm not elected official. I don't have a shit ton of money to throw at everything. So like, how do you help people get past those fears and those objections to kind of step into some, just a little pivot into some leadership? How do you do that? Yeah. First of all, I call that the justing. When we cop out because we're like, well, I'm just a newbie. I'm just a female. I'm just a right. this. Okay, that immediately shuts you down because mm -hmm. you show up from a place that says I'm not enough. Yes, that I can. Adjusting equates to I don't believe I'm enough. Yeah. And yeah. there's so many people that get caught up. And I know from being a former recovering per perfectionist that they keep <laughs> waiting for all their ducks to yeah. be in a row. They keep, yeah. And I, there's two quotes that changed my life. And really, I hope we'll, we'll put this into perspective for people around missed opportunity. And then I'm going to share three questions that I offer people to get out of their own way cool. in this space. And so the quote, one of them is from Joel Mamby, who is the CEO of the Hersinger family organization. So that's like Branson and Dollywood and all of these things. Mm. He has a quote, it's actually on my bathroom wall in my guest bathroom downstairs. <laughs> and I created a picture for it. And he says, do for one, that which you wish you could do for many. Woo. Do Oh, that, I mean, it that makes me beautiful. Wonder. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like, stop waiting till you got right. the money. Stop waiting right. till you have the education. Stop waiting, stop waiting, stop waiting. You right now are some level above some. You only need to be one pace, one foot, one step ahead yeah. of whoever it needs to be lifted from you. Yeah. So when you recognize that people need you where you're at now, it's not about you arriving, it's mm -hmm. about you realizing that right now, Right now, you are on this planet in this time with all of the shitstorm that's going on, with the trees and the mountains and the water and the sky and everything that's magnificent around you. You are here with great purpose in this moment for a reason. You are wasting you as a resource when you don't step into that. And the second quote that changed my life is one from Jay Abraham that says, If you truly believe that what you have has value, and he, I'm going to paraphrase what he says because he says for your clients, I think 
if you truly believe that what you has has value for others, mm -hmm. then you have, because here's the moving from responsibility mm -hmm. to where this just kicked me in my ass and said, <laughs> you have a moral mm -hmm. obligation mm -hmm. to serve it in every way possible. Right. right. Moral Ooh. obligation. Damn. My message for being here on this earth is that whatever you believe, God, Tao, Spirit, we call it Penelope in a group because people get locked up on the work. <laughs> whatever that is for you, if you are here on this earth not using the gifts you've been given, that is the epitome of selfishness, in my opinion. Ooh, okay, that's a mic drop here. moment. And so what I, what I just want to deconstruct a little bit is you don't have to know the how, you don't have to know the why, that little, that like divine discontent, that little, ah, uh, that's all you need. And you just it's say yes. Burning to it. because it's burning here's the thing. The how, when, and why are none of your business. Mm-hmm. You say it yes. is not your domain. Right. The what in terms of what do I want to create, affect, influence, change? Mm -hmm. What do I want to add value to? What's my living legacy that I'm leaving people in every mm -hmm. moment they engage and interact with me? And why does that matter to me? Not my spouse, not my this, mm -hmm. not my why does that matter to me is the only thing. And then who do right. I serve? I call it your what, why, and who. Who do I serve in that space? Because you're not for everybody. And I asked people, I said, if you have to ask yourself, First of all, it's a trick question okay. because if you have to say, am I playing small? You already know the Absolutely. answer. <laughs> if you ask yourself the question, am I playing small? The answer is a resounding yes. Because when you're in your sweet spot, when you're in the zone, when you're firing in your gift and shining your light, you don't ever have to question. You just know there's a knowing. So if yeah. you ask, am I playing small? The answer is a hell yes. Mm -hmm. And then I've got three follow-up questions for you to consider. Okay, bring them out. And the first one is, who am I not serving right now? Um. Who needs me? Who right now is, may send a prayer out into the universe mm -hmm. for what I have to offer. And even if it's just a shoulder of this, and this gets me very emotional, but it's that space of who am I not serving? Yeah. Who right now am I being so selfish that I'm not serving in this moment. Mm -hmm. The second one is whose permission am I taking away? Because I've already made an assumption that says, oh, well, they're it. not going to pay for that. They're got not going to value me. They're not going to hear me. I didn't even give them a permission to decide. How many times has someone said something to you, Therese, where like it wasn't even on your radar, but the minute that someone asked you the question, it dropped in and you were like, yes. Like, oh my God, I need that right now. Yes. Right. Oh, whoa, whoa, that was like an answer to a prayer I didn't even know I had. Yeah. So whose permission are you taking away? Mm. And then the third one, this one kicks me in my butt constantly, is who are you not letting shine their light? Because you're not asking for help or you're not letting someone serve you or you're not. And I, had, and I can share a story about that where my friend, we were talking and I'm on the phone and I was like, oh, business is going great. It's whatever I said, man. But last Thursday, I wanted to be in the fetal position. Ooh, what a day. And this was a couple years ago. And she's like, I don't remember my phone ringing. And I said, what do you mean? And she was, how come you didn't call me? And I said, because you have a family and three kids and one of them's my goddaughter and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's like, and she doesn't remember this conversation, but it was a- It, it stuck a, with you. Yeah. Know. Imprinted on Wow. So you get to decide how I get to show up and be your friend. And I lost it. I was like, what? She goes, Candy, how do you feel when people call you? You're their go-to when they need a shoulder. Yeah. They need a rock. They need advice. And I'm like, I feel like, I mean, it's everything. She was like, how come you don't let people do you that? Robbed, you robbed her. So I don't want to be your friend when everything's going right. I want to be your friend when it counts. Whose permission are you taking oh. away and who are you not letting shine their light? That's beautiful. Just like, let's just breathe into that for a second. That is huge.
So let me ask. So I want to go, I want to go over here in a minute, but I got to finish this thing. There are many women that serve all the time, almost to the selfless. And so where's the balance of, yes, I got it. Cause, cause a lot of that was get out there, give your gifts, but how do you balance? You can't do it from depletion and you can't do it, you know, to compensate from not, you know what I mean? Like, so how do you, cause I don't want anybody hearing, you know, cause and I know you're not saying at your own expense, you who had used to work a hundred hours. So, so no, and I will tell you, I'm going to redefine selfishness yeah, and okay. selfish because we think we're selfish when we take care of ourselves. Mm-hmm. What you don't realize is you're being selfish when you don't. And so there's a difference between selfish and selfful. Mm-hmm. Selfish says, I'm doing this with no regards to others and I'm doing it because it's all about me. Mm-hmm. Right. Selfful says, I'm doing this in order to serve others. And I cannot give that which I have not replenished. Mm-hmm. I need to. And when they talk about your oxygen mask, I look at your cups of wellness and I call it wealth. It's W-E-E-W-E. L-L-T-H, uh-huh. which is about women. Well, it's about people knowing the space of being empowered and, and loving themselves and leading. It's, it's that space of self-love and leadership mm-hmm. and being empowered in that space. And what happens is we have five cups of wellness. We have an opportunity and it's our spiritual bucket, our mental bucket, our emotional bucket, which that three has to be full mm-hmm. because they affect then your That's physical the foundation. Right? And it is selfish for you to pour from a cup that is tainted, that is toxic, that is depleted because all you're giving people is the residual crap left over. You are not giving your gifts. And again, when you don't show up and live that moral obligation of giving the gifts you have to offer and the value that you were designed to, to lead from, that is the definition of selfish. It is not selfish to put yourself first. It is a requirement. It is a non-negotiable and it requires you to be very clear about your boundaries. And if someone else doesn't understand that, that's their issue, not yours. Bingo. Beautiful. Good. I just wanted to make sure that was heard too. And I love how passionate you are about that. Okay. <laughs> we're going to go here. If we're, if you go, and we do not script any of this, right? I just get, I just get guided. To roll. <laughs> okay. So in terms of leadership, one of the things that I brought up earlier was, but I don't know what to do. I'm, I, it's on my heart. I'm called to do something. And so we're filming this um, in November of 2020. Right in, right in the middle of the, we don't know who's our president in the United States. So it's kind of crazy times and it's been a crazy year. And I know you were really touched with the racial issues, the Black Lives Matter, the protests, the discrimination. And so, so here you are, a white woman, um, started a Facebook group called mm-hmm. Unpacking Racism. And some would say, who the hell are you? Like, why would you do that? You're like, like <laughs> but it, like, it's such a beautiful example. And Candy doesn't come in knowing the answers. Candy comes in facilitating conversation, right? And so it's, I just wanted to show an example of there was a thing that called you. And how did you get to the point of saying, I can do something about it? Like, like because I think if we can deconstruct and demonstrate, this is the, uh, you got hit, like the heart, and then now you have a thing. So show a little bit of that journey because I think it's a beautiful example of just stepping in because you were guided. You didn't need qualifications and nobody gave you permission, right? Right, because trust me, there was a part of me that resisted it for sure. (laughs) So I would say that, you know, while it's been the most tumultuous, just it's been a year. And um, I also think there's a lot of blessings that have come from the fact that we're in this pandemic and 
George Floyd's murder happened on May 25th and the world could not hide from seeing it. I have been one that was guilty for a long time, even though I've done work in social justice and I've done work in racism and I've done work in a lot of capacities in pockets throughout my life. There has been a very clear space where I'm like, I can't digest that. I can't watch that video. I can't know. It hurts my heart too much. And I tried to keep a blind eye because I didn't want it to be my issue. I didn't want to know the pain that was going on. And I wanted to dismiss it. And I did step into my privilege in that space. Mm -hmm. And what happened was there was a moment where there was no not watching it. I I remember even when it first happened and I was like, I can't watch this video. I'm like, and this very clear, compelling wow. knowing came in and said, you don't get to choose that this time. There's something about you wow. need to do. And so I took, the, it, it takes courage. It takes that space to say, and I, I think about Brene Brown saying, look, me choosing comfort over what's required or what's needed or, or what's uncomfortable is the very definition of entitlement. And it was very clear that it's going to be uncomfortable. And so I remember watching it and I remember watching it and I remember watching it and I just... Like I, I had this, this visceral grief that came over me and I'm like, something's shifting as, and I knew from a global, something was moving in that. Absolutely. Yeah. And I kept saying, there's something that's being called to me. I I'm wired. Part of why I've kept a blind eyes because I also know my hardwire, my human design is social injustice is like a, a, is an absolute, absolutely way I'm wired. It's part of my gifts. It's that space that once I'm in it, I can't not be in it. So I know that about myself. And so it was a, it was, I kept getting this feeling. And I've been doing a lot of work right now around doing what presents, mm-hmm. that getting out of the doing, getting out of the pushing boulders uphill, the force, the push, the pull, anything that's resistance and allowing myself to really, my intuition is very strong. I've, I've nurtured it. It's, it's one of my superpowers. And to really listen to the whispers. And I kept getting a whisper that says something you're going to be asked, just be prepared. I, and at the same time, I cleared out one of my membership programs. I cleared out some of these mm-hmm. things and I'm like, I don't know why. And of course, because what happened while I didn't start the group right away, it was a, in fact, I had a friend reach out. They're like, wow, you wasted no time to be very vocal about this. Cause the minute it hit me, May 25th, I blew up all my pages, my groups. Like I could not be not, I could no longer not be in the conversation and I couldn't stop. And I was just like, I'm going to be a force to open up a conversation and educate. And I'm going to bring light to this. I'm going to bring light to this. Like it just, so I lost a third of my business. I lost a bunch of stuff that fell out. And it didn't matter. I was, I was very clear. And about three, four weeks after the incident, I was sitting here on my computer. It was a Wednesday at one o'clock in the afternoon. And I was like, oh, I'm supposed to create a community. Okay. What am I calling this community? And all of a sudden I got this, you keep talking about how we need to unpack. And I'm like, you're kidding, right? I literally have these conversations when things drop in. I was like, Wow, can I do anything small? Can I do anything on like this just little? And I'm like, okay, so we're not tweaking racism. Like, well, that's not a loaded freaking term, if ever. And I'm like, okay, so I'm going to set up a group. It's going to be like 20 to 50 people in my inner circle that, okay, so I'm going to reach out. And I reached out and I invited a couple of my white friends. And I was like, okay, we're going to engage this conversation. I remember going, we can't be in this conversation unless there's diversity and whatever. And I remember the very first one of my black friends, because I'm very blessed to have a diverse community. Then I'm like, oh my God, what are they going to think? They're going to be like, who are you? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I, I, I can't. And I'm having this whole conversation while at the same time, the whole group's getting all my verbiage is just like, things are just pouring out of me. It's automatic writing. And I'm like, okay, so apparently I'm doing this. There's a community and I just hit send and what's happening. And, blah, 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 blah. and then all of a sudden I hit that first invite and that person reached out and said, oh my God, thank you. Mm-hmm. That then I just, I started to invite people in my group. 
This group has grown to 1,300 people where 255 are actual people I know. The rest has been people that have, and to your point, I don't, I don't know. The more I lean into this, the more I realize I know nothing. And I am truly facilitating a place. I was very clear about what the guidelines need to be. I'm very clear about, we've only had a, like three people that had to be removed because they were trolls, Um, but very sacred, safe space. And even I posted yesterday in the election stuff going on and the thread that's showing up. People are really engaged and they're not agreeing with each other and they're having these really open conversations and something magical has happened from it. And it literally was just a, a knowing yeah. that even though I'm sitting here arguing with myself and at the same time taking action, because it was one of those that was just so clear and deep, it had to be. Ha- it had you, to be you've learned though. And so, so again, I like to deconstruct the steps so you can go, oh, these are the steps. Right. And so you, you had the like, I'm drawn to something and you knew you were going to do something. So, yeah. so you, you noticed what was calling you. You said, okay, I'll do something. And then you waited. Cause imagine if you had to put spreadsheets and, and copywriting around it <laughs> and you just trust it. And then it got dropped in and then you acted. And so then there was the courage piece. Yeah. Well, and, and the courage piece really kicked in after it started. Cause when I thought 20 to 50 people, <laughs> I had a complete freak out the first week because literally the first day, 100 people, second day, 100 people, third day, another 100 people. I literally had like 800 people in like five days. And I'm like, oh my God, this is, I only want, this is, I don't know what I'm doing. This isn't mine. Hold on, hold on. I mean, I, I, I really had a freak out moment because it was like, this is supposed to be 20 to 50 people of, I can, I can control and contain. Yeah, yeah, right, right. And then I got caught up in the fact that there's 800 people and I have a responsibility and I got to be in every thread and I got to make sure I'm managing it. Right. And in the beginning, there was some of that because people needed to know what the rules Absolutely. were, the guidelines. Right. Ooh, I got to say there were spaces that I had to do that self-care to check out mm-hmm. because I got really consumed. And now there's this nice, nice rhythm and balance of I get to facilitate. Mm-hmm. I get to go through and I've got other people. In fact, someone reported the other day, someone that we had, that he removed himself before I did. That was a troll. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, people know the integrity of this yeah. group. Because you taught them, you taught the culture. That's what leaders do. It, they, it bled down. And so you showed them how to be. So I really appreciate this example because, you know, you, you, it looks like, wow, all those years of corporate experience, you're, you're going to rock at this. So I love your authenticity <laughs> about like, no, I'm totally meltdowns around it. Just saying this thing has been going on since the what, end of June. Mm-hmm. And there's still days I'm like, Ugh, how? Because there are days that it, there's some conversations and things that get posted that trigger me. And I'm like, why am I doing this? My name is all over this. Well, and I mean, I did. I lost a third to a half of my business due to COVID and me stepping into the space. And I've gained so much more. I mean, I, I was going to say, is it worth it? Is it worth it? Without a doubt. Even if I wouldn't have gained back different business, which I'm actually attracting people that want to be in a different conversation, mm-hmm. which is beautiful, it still would have been worth it. Because I also think about the question that even if you weren't getting paid, even if you weren't being recognized, even if, would you do this anyway? And for me, it was a, there's, there, I cannot not do this. Like there's such a yeah. knowing force. It becomes this necessity that like, mm-hmm. that's a soul thing. I think that's soul, right? Your soul's yeah. guiding you. It's such a soul thing. And it's such a space where like you literally dream about it. You, you speak about, I wake up knowing things I'm going to post. I wake up knowing ways I need to handle something or whatever. And I just, I've just surrendered it. It's just, I'm just a vessel. It's not. I was going to say that was the word I was going to use. You're just a vessel. Well, it's not a group. It's just a space I was asked to create. Right. 
and you won't even know for a while the ripple effect of these conversations. You know, you literally are affecting generations. You're affecting people's children and other lives. So it's deep. Okay, we got to wrap up. Yeah, you never know. It's just, it's crazy. Is there, it, like, if somebody's listening and they're like, oh, that's a cool story. I, I want to do it, but I'm afraid. Like, like is there any, any like, last couple sentences, inspiration, anything you could just, yep. just do, do it a anything. candy bomb on them? Yeah, first of all, if you're afraid, do it afraid. I, I'm just going to be that clear. If it shows up and it's, if, if you really get lean in, let yourself be, still enough to hear the whispers that are dropping in. You know, we know exactly what we should do when we, we, what I call destroy the noise. So I would say, learn how to say yes to yourself. Mm-hmm. And I say yes, being you empowered strong. But that means if you're scared, do it anyway. Mm-hmm. I am scared every time. There is nothing, because here's the thing, and I had a coach tell me this once. If you're not scared, you're not going big enough. If you're not scared, it's not meaningful enough. If you're not scared, you don't care how people are going to receive it. There are days even getting on this call, I wanted to throw up before I came on here. I am a seasoned speaker. I am a trainer every day. And every one of these calls, I want to throw up because it matters. So do it anyway. Stop letting I'm scared be your excuse. Let that be your reason too, because you're, you're scared for a reason. Mm-hmm. If you want, why do it? Exactly. Why? Yeah. So do it anyway and let scared be your, because scared and excitement are the same thing. Mm-hmm. It depends on which you choose to buy in. Do I want to say I'm afraid or do I want to say I'm excited? That's right. And so do it anyway. Do it afraid. Brilliant. Uh, I love hanging out with you. I, I just thank you. you so much. This was fabulous. So. And where can folks, obviously we'll put this in the show notes, but where can folks follow you? And you yeah, should I would say, if you want to follow me, um, the best places to follow me are Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And okay. you can really just under there, Candy Barone, or you can just find me on candybarone.com. I'm there. Perfect. Too. Perfect. And the Facebook group, if they're interested in that? Yes. If you're interested in that, it is Unpacking Racism. Um, it actually is at Unpacking Biases because okay. Facebook security had the whole thing around the tag. Okay. But when you do, there'll be three questions to ask you because you need permission to come mm-hmm. and again, to hold the integrity, but welcome people that want to be part of that conversation. That's right. Well, you are, you are, you're a rock star and it's been delightful to hang out with you. And so I want y'all listening or watching, like, what are you going to do differently? Like, where's the place for you to step up? Cause you, well, you, everybody's got something, right? Something is calling forward for you. So, so like, like notice the excuses, let yourself hear the resistance, let yourself hear the fear. And then listen to what Candy said, do it afraid. Like, like, who are you robbing? Like, I love those questions. And so thank you for listening and peace and blessings. Bye now. Hey, I really appreciate you listening to that last episode. And I would love to get to know you a little bit more and to get to connect with you on a deeper level. And here's what I suggest. I've got a Facebook group that corresponds with the content of these podcasts. It's called Fiercely Brilliant Women in Business with Therese Skelly. So if you just search Facebook, Fiercely Brilliant with Therese Skelly, you'll find the group. It's a really nice group. It's a small group and I'm super active in it. So each week we have a lot of supportive conversations. I share a lot of resources. I do a lot of coaching on the spot and I would love to have you join me there. So if you like the vibe of this podcast and you want to hang out with a pretty darn cool community of women, 
Join us at Fiercely Brilliant on Facebook with Therese Scali. Alrighty, peace and blessings, and I hope to see you in the group. Bye now.